Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Countryside programme here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kerry Comod. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I bumped into a Manxman on the way walking his horses down to the beach. I caught up with Ned Kenyuk. And I went along to speak to one of the island's farming contractors, Philip Hampton, to find out if uh, work is getting done on schedule around the farms with the recent weather. Yes, we'll be hearing more about uh, weather and the problems later on in the programme, but um, just on on the farms at the moment, uh, people trying to get muck around the places, but gosh, it's still a bit soggy, uh, mucky to say the least, Um, (laughs) but still hearing lots of bleating of lambs around the place, and it's just a reminder for people to, if they're out with dogs, and they because uh, you'll have seen on the news of recent times, uh, quite a few of the dogs that have gone astray a bit, really. So it's the sort of time of year where if you're around fields and agricultural areas to make sure you've you got your dogs on leads, isn't it? Just be extra cautious at this time of year. I know our islanders are very good to, to stick to the countryside code, but more so at the minute. We don't know what's around the corner. Uh, sheep and lambs could be sheltering and you don't think they're there. The field might look empty, but all of a sudden come across them uh, quite quickly. Um, but yeah, just be mindful. Keep the gates closed and, and the dogs on the leads just for the next couple of months anyway. Or take yourself off somewhere different, maybe a plantation or a beach and well away from the, the green fields. Yeah, but, but not just lambs, Kiri, uh, carving and it's, uh, I don't know if it's still the same old scenario with the with the carving time where you sort of pick it so that uh, they're going to be ready at the the best price time of the year, is that fair to say? Well, that is right, yes. Yeah, the same with the lamb production as well. They're always trying to be market-driven now. You know, farms are still businesses and you know they breed and raise the genetics that are, are fit for the certain times of years. And yeah, like you say, the calves will be getting underway. March is predominantly the month for the calving. A lot of the beef cows are inside because the winters are just so unfavourable to be out now. The, the seasons have changed over the last few decades and, and it's just so wet underfoot that they'd rather get them born inside, up on their feet, and then as soon as the weather and the days start stretching out, they go to the fields. Yeah, well, talking about the fields, it's fairly difficult and people have had to move stock into other fields just to get access through the gates uh, with some muddy areas where the water's been standing and not had the chance to drain away. Well, I went along to speak to one of the island's contractors, Philip Hampton, to find out if it really has been as difficult as the weather has shown us. Well, Simon, <laughs> hopefully there's a bit of light at the end of the trouble tunnel now that spring's coming, but it's been a tough last four or five months, really. Where we are a bit behind because we've had nothing really but incessant rain since the middle of October. But we're hoping to get it up to date on the maintenance and there's a lot of polishing and fixing being getting done over the winter months. You say five months, that's... Seems so. Is that the sort of longest spell you remember where you can't get on with something at least in the fields? Yes, I would say this last year has been the hardest we've ever, I've ever seen. And I mean, I know I'm a relatively young fifty, <laughs> but <clears throat> yes, it has been a tough one this year. But what you said about uh, maintenance and things like that, always tinkering. But of course, uh, that's preventative maintenance. It's not at the end of the day you're all businesses and it's you've got to have something coming in if you're not out working 
Yes, well, we do tend to do the odd bit of work and welding and fixing for maybe for other farmers and uh, a few different sort of electronic jobs and things like that and a bit of fencing to tide us over. But yes, mainly this year, even for a lot of the outside jobs, it's been pretty grim. What would you have been getting on with? What's behind the most? Um, this year, we've done relatively no hedge trimming really or anything the odd little bit of fencing and we haven't started ploughing or winter cultivations or anything yet is that i know it's a worry for yourselves you want to get on with it and then but but the farmers themselves are they getting anxious yeah yes i would say in farming at the moment the morale is pretty is pretty low because when it's a wet day, I can come down here in the shed, put the lights on and at least you dry and you can keep out of it. But if you're getting up at half five in the morning and pulling on your half wet wellies and clothes from the night before and going out to trudge around in six inches of muck, it's a bit demoralising. But I mean, what, there isn't anything, I know you've got the latest tractors, we were looking at a couple of them here, four-wheel drive and probably everything imaginable, but it's still too bad, the, the ground, to, to do the proper work needed? Yes, um, to do a proper, to do a good job, yes. I mean, on the north of the island, people are probably getting on with it a bit more because the land on the north does tend to it can be wetter but it does dry up quicker two or three dry days and the ground is often travelable north whereas down here we're more on clay and although you wouldn't get tend to get stuck you'd be on slightly big ruts down across the fields and only doing half a job in most of the field and that's the the beauty you get around the island uh, with your team and it's incredible that it's such a small island that the, the, the land and the fields and the, the different types of soil uh, around the island change so much. Oh yes, even the weather. I've seen us sat down here in the rain thinking, oh God, we could have went and done that job and then get a phone call from someone a bit irate on the north of the island saying, where are you? We're sat in beautiful sun eating an ice cream and we're sat down here shrouded in fog and mist. So what sort of work is there? I can see the big yellow machine here. Look, is it a, a forager? Yeah, yeah, no, that's the forager. She's in to just put a new set of blades and a new shear bar and everything in it. Hopefully it'll be ready to go in probably the second week of May. I've just got, there's a bit of an oil leak on the back there and I'm just waiting for some parts, to t well, not parts to turn up, but uh, <coughs> some, to get a piece welded up to go back on it. Yeah. But they are fine machinery. I mean, if if you wanted to buy that new, what would it cost you now? Um, I had a price on one just before Christmas, and it wasn't brand new, and it was north of three hundred thousand pounds. So I can't see myself buying one anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah, so it's a lot of money to have in, and you know, with the way farms have gone, I mean. I suppose they've moved away where they used to do a little bit themselves many years ago when I was younger. Uh, everyone had you know, their own little cutter and they could do a little bit themselves. But it's sort of moved away from that to the contractor because, I mean, 
you can do a hundred times more with your machine than the general farmer back then. Yeah, yes. I mean, the way the weather's gone, these machines here, even over here in our small fields, we can push over a hundred acres a, a day. But the problem is going to be, even with the price of everything now, with a normal farm tractor, they're well over a hundred thousand pound for a, you know, for a normal sized tractor now, and. With our the scope that we have for work and the acreages we have in the Isle of Man, it is getting to be a struggle to justify new purchases. But we don't have, if you go to places like Ireland, you can often run a lot of older machines, but there's an awful lot of mechanics around to keep the, to keep the job going and to repair, repair this older machinery which is a thing we seem to lack over here. You know, if there's any young um, 16, 17 year olds leaving school, the likes of agricultural engineering would be a good thing to get, to get into because in most of the world, there is a shortage of good mechanics to yeah. fix this machinery. Yeah, because I suppose in the UK, Ireland, you spoke about, if something major goes wrong with them, somebody's going to drive up the motorway and, and fix it. Where here, uh, the way things have been, particularly this winter, it could be two or three days, and that's a lot of downtime for contractors and farmers. Yeah, <clears throat> yes, it is. Yes, and uh, even to bring, if you have to bring a, me a special mechanic or someone over from across, you know, you're talking a day or two's accommodation and the plane flights and everything. So it is nicer if you can keep keep it local and keep it on keep them on the island and I mean to put one of these if you want to put that forager on on the boat to send it away it's pretty close to a thousand pound each way <laughs> which is a fair cost <laughs> you've got several tractors around here though have they all got specific duties or jobs that one tractor can do and the others can't um yes they have you tend to use the the bigger heavier tractors for the more the the plowing and the drilling jobs and then the smaller ones maybe the the likes of the fertilizer spreading and things that you don't need such a heavy tractor for because these big tractors can burn 25 to 30 pounds worth of diesel an hour whereas, really yes whereas the smaller ones it would be half that so there is a fair saving yeah, and the cost of fuel, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a big commitment as well, isn't it, to keep them going? Oh, yes. Um, that forager there, she holds 1,400 litres. And of, of diesel? Of diesel. <laughs> and it only probably lasts a day and a half. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, that does put it into perspective a bit. But, I mean, there's, a, there's not that many contractors on the island, though, and all sort of do different areas and and try and work together mostly yeah we all pretty much get along yeah you know we all help each other out if someone can't get somewhere to go bailing or go and do something we'll often ring each other up and say can you go and do it or shall i go and do that especially with crops that are very very weather dependent like hay and straw and things like that yeah, because, you know, with, with what's happened now, as you said, all these months of uh, bad weather when things get behind, as soon as it's good enough to do something, I suppose 
everyone and his dog is on the phone. Yes, that is the trouble. You're sort of sitting in here on a wet day looking out the window with trepidation and thinking, yeah, there's going to be a fair bit to get through and some big, big hours putting in. Yeah. But you're still enjoying it? Yes, I do. Yes, I, I think so. You've got to have something to get out of bed in the morning for. Yeah. But there's certainly variety. Yes, yes. I think that's one of the appeals, really. And especially over here, if you're on these massive big places in other parts of the world where you might be sat in a couple of fields doing the same job week in, week out, whereas we have, you know, it's the variety of life that's good over here sort of thing. And it's nice to get out and about on the farms and maybe have a cup of tea with the various characters that are around and things like that. One of the Isle of Man farming contractors there, Philip Hampton, saying how difficult it is at this uh, moment in time and to... There'll be a big rush all at once. <laughs> it's always the way. I've seen a few fertiliser spreaders gone out just recently after a really wonderful weekend of uh, dry or sunny weather we've had. But yeah, Philip with a young family there, they're all keen to get going and be part of the, the Bigfoot contracting team there at uh, Bola Whetstone. Yes. <laughs> Right, uh, you're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, not so much keeping the horses on leads, but certainly on reins, and one such man who's got a beautiful way and loads of stories about horses, and that's Ned Kenyuk. Ned Kenyuk, a man of the countryside, and it's always great catching up with him. He's a hard man to track down, so when I saw him on the street there down in Port Greenock, I thought I'd take the opportunity to catch up with him, see what he's been up to. Ned Kenyuk, busy as always, Ned. Try to keep busy. I think to keep healthy, you've got to keep active. Not only your, 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 your back, but your brain as well. I'm, I'm thinking the horses were getting a little bit fat <laughs> without putting too fine a point on it. And part of it was they were lacking exercise because we've only got small acres. When I turn them out, they can walk from one end of the field to another in two minutes, and that's not enough. So I've started taking them down to the beach every morning, and I'm thinking, this is doing them good, because they come down in condition a little bit, which is what I wanted. And uh, I thought, I'm doing the right thing, but what I didn't realise, while I'm doing it, while I'm keeping them fit... (laughs) (laughs) You're keeping yourself fit. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> first thing I do when I get up in the morning is uh, is take them for a... Well, I'm saying first thing, no. I've got to wait for daylight. Ah, this is true. I've got Aye. to wait for daylight now because uh, Joe, the motorist, doesn't always appreciate you, so you've got to be careful. Oh, so, sure. um, But they're getting into the habit now, and uh, um, I'm fortunate I'm getting some good hay from Ashley. Oh. Ashley Convig. Ashley is providing me with excellent hay. And because the horses are not doing enough, they're putting too much condition. Now, too much is not good. You know, there's a, there's a difference between between good and, and, and work. And so I'm trying to keep them at a decent level. And yeah. I think we've got that now. Um, and we'll keep that run. You see, I've got a field of grass that I want to put them on, but I don't want to put them on it 
while they're still coming up in condition. Mm -hmm. And what is it like, the ground for them to go on it at this time of year? Because there's an awful, awful amount of rain. That's the problem. That's the problem. Some of the fields, it's, it's, wa it's a waste of time putting them in because all they're doing is churning it up. And mm -hmm. worse than that, there's one of the horses I think is related to a hippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have to do an awful lot of brushing to get her cleaned up again then. Oh, don't, don't bother trying. Don't, <laughs> don't bother trying. But these horses, Ned, you know, they're still working horses for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And treat them as such. Um, you know, um, I want them in a condition that, that, you know, they said that countryside care, you know more about this than me, you had to keep the land in a condition where you could fetch it back to production at in a relatively short time. And I treat these the same. Yeah. I treat them that they can come back to work as and when I want them. And what age are the pair of them now? Uh, t uh, come in 10. See, they'd be in their prime, really, then. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Or oh, they'd be tilling the whole... Their, their ilk would be tilling the whole of the Isle of Man at one time. Wow. And... Uh, and we managed, you know, in spite of all modernity, we managed to produce enough food for the Isle of Man with the horses and a little grey Fergie, but considerably more manpower than we've got now. The farms are short of manpower now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and are you still getting on around the farms locally? Oh, I, I keep in touch with them. Uh, just to keep, since I got into the commissioners, I find I have to have a decent take on what's happening round about. Mm -hmm. And the farmers are usually the best at, <laughs> at, at uh, getting and transmitting skeet. <laughs> <laughs> we used to rely on, on the milk tanker. Like, he used to deliver the, the couriers, and, and Skipper is quite good. <laughs> he is that. He still very much is, too. Skipper is quite good to keep you informed of what's going on. But I, I do like to keep abreast of what's going on in the community. Mm -hmm. I Unfortunately, I heard this morning of two obituaries, which is, somebody said it's inevitable. I tend not to look on it like that. Uh, Mary Corkish, Herbie's widow, and George Gellin. Um, no. Now, they're, they're both in their 90s, so inevitability is probably the right approach, but you, you tend not to look at it like that, no. do you? You but don't. This is it. They're the great country characters, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. As a yeah. ripe age, isn't it? 90 years of age. Yeah. Incredible. i done a programme, i done a tape with Whack about the sheepdogs down at, down at Smale. And uh, the, the established sheepdog men were there, and they were recounting their experiences and the characters that they had encountered and looked up to and admired. And one of them said, unfortunately, there don't seem to be that many characters about now. And I said, how long a minute? <laughs> <laughs> the next generation are looking at you yeah. and saying, you are like, oh, no, we're not characters. I said, you are. You might not realize it. He said, what makes a character? I said, a man who's not afraid to say and be what he is. Don't be motivated by other people. Do what you think is right. Say what you think is right, as long as it's within reasonability. And, and you'll be assessed and placed in, a, in an echelon by humanity 
and you have no say in that, society will decree where you fit in and all you've got to do is hope you've done enough, you've got enough brownie points on the way. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, your work ethic here, Ned, you know, in the, in the Glendraw Road here, you're out, you're sweeping in the greps and keeping the leaves clean and tidy, fixing up the gates. That work ethic that you have for an older person in, in our community in Santon, you know, how do you see the, the generations have changed? Funny you should say that, because only this morning, for no stimulant at all, I was thinking about my children. I had five children, uh, three boys, two girls, and the boys all went to work on farms while they were still going to school. Now, work was work. It wasn't, it wasn't just turn up on a holiday. They were... Uh, Gordon was down with John, helping John. He was milking and scraping slurry out. And Brian and Peter saw that he was getting <laughs> wages and they wanted. So I went to see David Anderson. I said, can you accommodate the... Well, he said, send them down, see. They were still going to primary school. Wow, that's a young age. Indeed. And they had bikes, so they were going down on a Saturday in the holidays. And I went down after about a fortnight and I said, are they in the way? Aye. And he said, no, no, no. He says, I can send them for us to get the cows in at night and leave the men on the field. Uh-huh. And when we're shifting sheep, and he said, Brian is, is, uh, is a wonderful asset to him because when we're lamb and sheep, Brian can take a lamb from a sheep because he wants to learn, he's keen to learn, he's strong, and added to that, he's got a small hand. Oh, this is it, isn't and, it? And, yeah. and he said, Brian, David said, Brian is a one. I, we were in bed one Sunday morning. And Brian come in and he says, can you give me a hand? When I looked, he just had a singlet on and his arm was covered in blood up to his shoulder. I said, what have you been doing? He said, I've just took two lambs from a sheep, one of David's sheep. And I said, what's the problem? He says, I don't know whether she's got another one or not. Oh, gosh, tricky. So I said, I'll give him a ring. So I rang David and he says, I'm coming up. In a, this is when we were up at Nogaila Beg. He says, I'm coming up in a few minutes. He said, I'll see. Um... And sure enough, he did come, and I went down, and she had another lamb. So I said to him, I hope he's not uh, overreaching himself. Oh, no, he said, Brian is confident, and he's, he wants to learn. And he said, he'll ask me. I said to them, how did you catch the sheep to start with? <laughs> they had no dog, you see. No, and the primary school age as yes, well, yes. young as young. We just gathered them in a corner and made a run at her and fell on top of her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how kids think, yeah. isn't it? And and you've got. I, I'm rambling a bit here now, and and I I've got to get to the punchline. The punchline is them two. Well, them three boys have all held good permanent jobs since they left school, and I think that was the the essence of it was getting the work ethic into their brain while they're still absorbing. The knowledge, yeah. and they haven't forgot it. No. The, the thing is now, they're nearly ready to retire, and I'm still working. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd know, you wouldn't have it any other way. You're out here now, scratching not, with the horses. Not at all. Not at all. When I when I when I was ill, when I contracted the lepto, contracted the lepto, well, I was recovering. It took me a long time to recover from that, and my biggest fear was I thought, I genuinely thought that I would never work again. That disease robbed me of everything. Um, and most of all, enthusiasm for 
And, and I thought I would never... And John said to me one day, I was telling him this, and he said, don't worry, that's nature's way of switching off until you're ready to yeah, come back better. to till you come back to it. And I did, but I, I was terrified. No, not terrified. Afraid that I would get to a state where I would wake up in the morning with nothing to do. How do you put the day in? Yeah. Long day, wouldn't it be? Well, I think so. Long I day. think so. No, no. Um, and, but it, as it happened, it didn't happen. And, and that's what... I don't need to be motivated. It's there. Yes. It's there. Indeed. You know, when you get up, you know you've got to do... Sometimes you say to yourself, first wet day, I'll have a day off. But it never happens. No, no, you've got logs to split and things to do. Alison Blackman, my doctor in Balasala, I was telling her one day, when I was recovering, from, I was going back as an outpatient. And uh, I said, I went into a seer one day and I said, the people in the waiting room will be wondering what I'm doing because there appears to be nothing wrong with me. And I said, I feel a bit guilty. I said, it's a bit like taking a day off when the sun is shining. And she says, oh, I know all about that. She says, on a wet day, my waiting room will be full of farmers. <laughs> <laughs> they might be sick, but it'll keep till a wet day. Oh, never. Wow. And that's the, that's the way you that's think. That's the way it is. And that's the way the country people think. And, and it doesn't change. It's born into you. That's right. That's right. You don't, you don't have to try too hard. No. No. You might have to try to get out of it. <laughs> you might have to try to get out of it. And some of them manage it. But no, it's... It, it's... Uh, up here, I've written a book in my head. I haven't got it put down in print yet, but I've got uh, it. I could do it all in two hours, but but I, I can't spell. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's many a person who would help you with that book, Ned. But, but the main theme through that is it's about a single man that's farming. It's a, how do you say this? It's an autobiography in the third person. Mm -hmm. It's just somebody else looking at me. And the main theme throughout it all is the obligation to the livestock. Yeah. A total commitment to the life. You know, this fellow goes off to Douglas. Now, that's a major event in the era that I'm talking about. Goes on the train to Douglas. And he's got several shops to call on when he gets there. He's got to go to Colton Cowley's and Clegg and Cranes and Riley's and... And Gilbert Hardens to get a spare tyre for his bike. And Teddy Hudson because he's got a pair of boots in getting sold. And then go to Boots because Boots the chemist was also selling veterinary products then. Worm, worm and uh, boluses for the sheep. And, uh, and then went to the chip shop in King Street and had a feed. And then went back and caught the train home again. But when got to St John's going home... It's getting dark, and then it's a rush to get home to see to the stock that you've left. Yes, that was yeah. the that was the main thrust yeah. of what you were doing was because you were dependent on them, and they were dependent on you. Yeah, without doubt. Yes, without doubt. and that's today the same, isn't it? Yes, here are tending to these ones, and it keeps changed. you going. Nothing changed. Priority. I, I had a little bitch. I called Asuki, and. I le when I went in the morning, I left. She come down to the end of the road with me, and then I had to send her back, and she didn't know what that was about. She never knew what it was for me to send her home. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I was saying to her, you go home and look after things till I get back. And she went. And that, th that connection, isn't it, between the man and the beast? Yes, and that night when I come home, she's there at the bottom of the road waiting for me. Yeah.
Oh, the loyalty. Yes. Unbelievable. But the amount of love and passion and enjoyment that we get from the countryside. You know, you're here today with the two big horses looking mighty fine and all the rest of it. But they wouldn't be looking like that if you hadn't given the care and attention over the years and along with Sylvia as well. Yeah. It's commitment. It's commitment, total commitment. They, they come before anything else. They come before anything else. Um, and that's right. That's how it should be. That's mm. how it should be. Um, I sometimes wonder whether I've got the right when I'm taking the horses down to the beach and they're, they're, they're trained now and, and doing things by repetition. But I'm thinking, have I got the right to domineer these animals to this degree? And I satisfy that by saying, yes, I have, because I look after their every need. Every need. Every need. Uh, their health, their their food, their shelter, and and you can't do no more than that. No. You can't do no more than that. Um, sometimes I knew a man once that, no, yes, I knew him, but it wasn't him that told me the tale. It was his daughter that told me when he was putting cattle into the abattoir. He would get them in and he'd put the ear tags in them and he'd fill the farm in and leave it in the cow's window and then he'd go off fencing somewhere. He didn't want to see the beasts going. He didn't want to see them going. Um, and he was, he, was, he was very quiet, didn't say very much, but he was obviously deeply involved with, with the animals. And most of it, I'm not unique. By f no, no, I'm not unique. I'm just one of, of, a, of a band of people who are committed to this movement. Yeah. Um, and those that are will know what it's all about. They wouldn't say that. No. They wouldn't say that, but they wouldn't admit it. Um, but if you get talking to them, th th you'll get the inner story. I'm talking to Ashley, and Ashley is telling me how well the lambs are doing. Now, I didn't know there was any lambs, but it turns out the lambs are up at Ronag. And who's looking after them but Sandra? Absolutely. And, yeah. and he's telling me, and when I get talking to Sandra, she just lets little bits slip about how well the lamb... Ashley's saying, when it, when it comes on, when there's a cloud goes over the sun, she's gone running out to fetch them in in case, <laughs> case they get wet. <laughs> now, that's, that's exaggerating it, but it, it, it illustrates the point that she's committed. Ashley won the, the Fat Stock Show. Well, you know the Fat Stock Show this year. Uh, and he says, the, now, they're, they're stock people. They're st now, you don't, you don't achieve them results with a shout and a big stick. No, golly no. You don't. <laughs> Not one bit. No, no. 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 And, and, and them are the sort of people that I'm saying that, that are part of the, the organisation that I'm privileged to be part of. You know, yeah. they have, we have a, uh, an unwritten code that exists. You don't have to learn it. You've got it. It's there. It's in your brain. It's in your breeding. It's in your genes. Built in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it is, a, is it like you were saying about Ashley and Sandra? It is a team effort, the, the two of them, the two boys there, That's right. and, and just working away, yes. just the, the effort that goes into it, but they never probably think of it. No, no. It's commitment. It's commit, total commitment. It's, I'm quite sure there are people who will, who will give you another argument. It's not, I don't think for one minute it's about money. I don't think it's about money at all. I don't. Um, I wonder, I do wonder what Ashley and Michael do with, would do if they weren't farming. <laughs> <laughs> they would find something. I know they this would. They would yeah. find something, yeah. but, but they've found a niche. 
they grumble. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> they grumble on a wet day, yeah. and 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 you go up there and the, and the traipsing about in the slurry with overall with oilskins on and saying, I'm thinking of jacking it all in. But you know quite well that they won't. This is it. As soon as the sun comes out, it's the best job in the world, isn't that's it? Right, that's it right. really is. But there's a few daffs about now, though, yeah. uh, Ned. Yes, yes, indeed. Spring is coming. It's on its yes, way. Yes, and no matter what you think, farming is lots of things, but it's never boring. No. <laughs> it's never boring. There's, there's a new horizon nearly every day. And, and if you're off a mind to take it in, do you know we got woodpeckers down here? No. We've got two woodpeckers down here. We've got a peacock on the lawn. We've got more hens running about on the lawn. We've got a load of pheasants and ducks. Uh, oh, hedgehogs are coming tonight to be oh, fed. Uh, feral cats. Uh, I, I was talking to a woman yesterday. Where was I yesterday? Oh, at the f was I at the funeral yesterday? Oh, yes, it, it was at the funeral. Um, uh, David Dodd's funeral. And I was talk talking to a woman, and we were talking about work, and she said she was enjoying her work. And I said, well, I'm fortunate because I've done more or less what I wanted to do all through my life. Yeah. Now, not many people get that opportunity. No, no. You have to make some sacrifices. Oh, yes. You've yeah. got to make sacrifices, but uh, job satisfaction is worth it. You can't put a price on it. Absolutely not. If you're, if you're happy with what you do and it's not work... Yeah. Oh, you never work a day in your life, do no, you? No, it's not. No, it's no, not, it's not no. work. If if no. you're if you would, I was up when I was working for the copy on the tramways. I was up at Dinamona one afternoon turning hay, and it was a beautiful day. There was a good crop, everything is going nicely, and I'm going across the field, and I just reached down and pulled the cut out on the tractor, and stopped it, and just sat there, and I was thinking to myself, I'm really enjoying this. Now, how many people get that opportunity? No. A lot yeah. of people probably get the opportunity but don't realise mm -hmm. what's, what's actually t happening and, and just stop and think. You know, I'm doing exactly what I want to do on a fine day and everything is going. And I bet you still think of that leaving today. Absolutely. It won't go away. That won't no. go away. No, 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 no. That's burned into my brain um, among a lot of other rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> that I've come but, but we've got to find someone to write the book then, Ned. So if any of our listeners out there <laughs> are good to type, can translate the dialect, we'll be absolutely spot on. Oh, it's, it's written, it's, it's word perfect from beginning. The only problem I've got is trying to work out how I end it. Ah. How I, how I, how I tidy it up at the end. Um, I've got one or two ideas kicking around. This hasn't come about in... Ten minutes, one wet day. This is this is this is what we've just been talking about. This is just an accumulation of what I've experienced yeah. in my lifetime. Now that will be one heck of a good read for us, then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It will for some people. It will for some people. But uh, sometimes you have to be of a mind. Do you know? I went down when I was working for the copy. When the trams finished, end of September. All the horses turned out, all the staff went, and there was only me that was left. And I was in the harness room one day, and there was a couple of the girls that were working in the stables came in. What are you doing this afternoon? I said, I'm going down to see the horses down Ramsey. Can I come with you? I said, yes, you can. We had some horses at Cronkavody first, so I had to go and see them. They were up on Georgie Quirks, up on Stockfield Road. 
and we've seen them first, and then we went off. And we're going in through them big beech trees at Bollockalingen. And the sun was starting to go down and shining through the trees. And I just stopped the Land Rover and I got out and I'm just standing at the front, saying or doing nothing. And last, the door opened. What we stopped for? I said, just get out here, will you? So they got out and come round. I said, just stand here with me. I was hoping they could experience what I was. But I think I was wrong. I think they were too young to appreciate what I was seeing. It definitely comes with age. I know what you're saying. But hopefully they'll remember that. Yeah. They'll remember that. And, you know, sometimes when, if, you dra if you come down the, the Bollavale Road, just when you get to Mallard, when you start, there's a, there's a tunnel of trees that you drive through when the sun's going down. You just stop and think. One of my sons went on a package holiday to Egypt several years ago, him and Wendy. And when he come back, I said, how'd you get on? Ah, he says, all right. I said, you don't sound very enthusiastic. Well, he said, we were in a convoy of seven coaches and there was an armed guard in front and two armed guards behind. I said, that's not a holiday. I said, I'd rather go to the Murak for half a day. <laughs> but, but there we are. We're worlds apart, aren't absolutely, we? Absolutely. And you know, today, how still it is down here and a good good weather day it is as well. And just the small things the, that you appreciate. The wind was the wind this morning. When I went out this morning, there's quite a breeze blowing in through the gate, but the wind was warm. Mm. You know, the mm. end of January. Unbelievable, isn't Absolutely. It? The weather is changing, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Um, grass is still growing. Yes, yes. Grass is still growing. Um, but the weather is changing and we've got to accommodate it. And we will. Mm -hmm. We will. We will. Um, and move on. What Archie Banks used to say, we'll get out of this problem and into something worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope not. <laughs> well, well, be, be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared. It's what I say to you. It's never bought. You never know what's around the corner. Some is good. Not all, some is bad. Who was it that said when he was complaining about how many lambs he had lost in the night? I think that was attributed to Dan Crea. And he said, never mind the dead ones, get home and look after the live ones. 100%. Yes. Mindset, isn't it? That's right. That's you right. know, that's some right. of Mother Nature can be so blim and cruel at times. Absolutely. And they, you know, you need to keep after the right ones. Absolutely. And, and hope you're doing the right thing. There we go. That was Ned Kenyuk, busy and happy as ever. And what a man. Just hearing that Manx accent is just lovely, isn't it? I'm not sure you could get the, the accent into the, the book he's trying to write. It'd be difficult to put in how Ned speaks he's got a wonderful dialect of the Manx hasn't he and, and to try and put that into words will be fairly difficult really so let's see if we can uh, or the public can find somebody can help yeah get that notes written down and what great stories and he could talk to you for hours you know we've only just had a few few minutes with him but uh, just a years gone by and what a heck of a memory he's got as well and and he's happy that life is changing and he's had you know a good time at it but uh, yeah if anybody's out there wants to help him write his book He's all for it. Yes, indeed. Plenty coming up on the uh, using of Mac because obviously it's been highlighted over recent times with the with the sometimes lack of uh, items on the shelves of the Isle of Man shops and supermarkets, and the the drive for people to become uh, a little bit more 
focused on buying the local produce. And that's something that's been highlighted uh, in this month and next month as well, Kiri. Indeed it has, yeah. The Manx menu is uh, throughout February where we can enjoy tasty uh, creations for the month of February from all of the different establishments around the Isle of Man. A starter, a main course or a drink, all made with local Manx ingredients from all of the various restaurants, cafes or even uh, some of the bars. I've got some great cocktails added too. So if you have a look on social media at Manx Menu and see who's taken part and get involved. Vote for your favourite. A lot of them use Manx beef, lamb, uh, lots of the fenodery gin as well. So that's just to name a few. There's loads of them. But then also Manx March is only around the corner too. Yes, it's a, it's a good time or a bad time to be on a diet. Certainly, <laughs> wouldn't it? That's all we've got time for, though, on this week's Countryside. Don't forget, if you want to hear the interviews in full or listen to programmes that we've uh, featured in the past, all you need to do is go to manxradio.com and uh, go to the podcast or so the Listen Again features. And we'll be back next Tuesday with more from the countryside. So until then, from me, Simon Clark, and me, Kerry Kermode, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.